to Making Love with your host, Colette Milan. All of us want to be loved. In this show, we'll explore how lovemaking really does make more love in your relationship and how essential real love is to good sex. Tune in for advice on how to become a better lover and how to love sex more. Here is Colette Milan. Hello. Welcome to Making Love Radio. I'm Colette Milan, and I'll be your host. With me today, behind the scenes, is Kimberly Smith, my amazing executive assistant. Without her, I wouldn't be able to do this show. I'm a psychotherapist, a marriage counselor, and a certified sex therapist. But the most important credential I have is that I've been married for 38 years and I've experienced firsthand the many challenges that bombard and wear down intimate connection. I've learned how to work through those challenges, how to really unconditionally love, and how to make more love in my relationship through the skills of delicious lovemaking. In this show, I'll explore with you how to have true love and great sex. In these shows, you will learn how to really love, how to be a better lover, and how to enjoy sex more. You'll see how lovemaking really does make more love in a relationship and how essential real love is to great sex. In today's show, we are going to talk about couples that love each other but struggle with mismatched libidos. In other words, one partner has higher sexual desire and the other one has lower sexual desire. We are going to talk about the havoc and pain this sexual desire difference can inflict on an otherwise loving, compatible relationship. My guest today is me, Colette Milan. Until now, I've been showcasing other experts in the field of marriage and sexuality, but in this show, I want to talk to you more about the work I do to help people with their relationships and their sexuality. My husband, Dr. Mark Malin, and I are a husband-wife clinical team, and we are co-directors of Malin Relationship Health Clinic in Ogden and Salt Lake City, Utah. Dr. Malin is a board-certified clinical sexologist, and I am a licensed clinical social worker and an ASEC-certified sex therapist. I've been working as a psychotherapist, a marriage therapist, and a sex therapist for over 23 years, and I've worked with about 2,000 couples. My specialties are helping couples who struggle with mismatched libidos and helping people increase their sexual desire and their sexual functioning. I also help transgender and intersex people. I'm going to talk a little bit about me. What I've always really wanted in my life is to have real love and a great marriage, to have children and to have a happy family. My most important and most cherished career has been to be a mother. I can't think of anything more important than investing into another person's life. I felt so strongly about this that I planned that motherhood would be my ultimate career. But life had more on the agenda for me and led me to my second most desired career, and that is to be a therapist. As a young girl, I really wanted to have the opportunity myself to go to a counselor. I needed some help and guidance in my life. Because of this desire to receive counseling, I knew from an early age that I wanted to be a counselor. I wanted to help people work through their problems and feel better about themselves. As I matured, I knew I especially wanted to be a marriage therapist. But never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would be a sex therapist. When people asked me as a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up, Colette? I didn't say, I want to be a sex therapist. I don't even think there were sex therapists when I was a kid. But I am a sex therapist. And the reason 
I'm a sex therapist is because I've had sexual problems. One thing I've learned in my life is that life gives us blessings and strengths and purpose in the form of problems. For instance, I always wanted to have a great marriage, like I said, and then I wanted to be a great marriage counselor. But what happened in the reality of my life is that my husband and I had a hard marriage and a lot of problems. And as I was going to school to become a marriage counselor, I thought, how can I be a marriage counselor when I have so many marriage problems? But what I didn't know was that those marriage problems were a blessing in disguise. It was through our suffering and our seeking and finding answers that my husband and I were able to turn things around in our marriage. And now we're able to help other people who are floundering because we know what it, what it feels like to be them. We know how to help them because of what we've been through. When I met my husband, I felt something very strong for him right from the beginning. He was kind, gentle, and loving, and he reminded me of my first love, who was my father. I was a daddy's girl. My dad adored me. He gave me the nickname Precious, and that's just how I felt growing up as his daughter. I knew I was precious to him. The love I received from him prepared me to know what it would feel like when I found the man I would marry. When I found my husband, I knew on the first date that he was the one for me, and miraculously, he felt the same for me. There was an undeniable spiritual connection between us, and there was strong physical chemistry. I felt so safe with him and I just wanted to merge with him. All I wanted to do was to be with him, and I couldn't keep my hands off him. We got engaged after two weeks, and in four months, we were married. We eloped. We had an amazing honeymoon week. I thought we'd be in love forever and just make love every day for the rest of our lives. And then we came home and settled into our lives together. For a while, we did make love every day. But then, after a while, I just didn't feel like having sex. Maybe it was because I got pregnant on my honeymoon and I was nauseated with constant morning sickness. Maybe it was because we were going through a recession at that time and my husband kept losing his job and we were really struggling financially. Maybe it was all those things we didn't know about each other before we got married that were now bugging us about each other. Maybe it was the misunderstandings, the hurt feelings, our withdrawing from each other that made it hard for me to want to have sex. I knew my sex drive had dropped, but I didn't know my husband knew it until one day he came to me. Colette, can I talk to you? Sure. Um, I could tell something was bothering him. Why aren't you attracted to me anymore? What do you mean? I'm attracted to you. No, you're not. When was the last time we made love? Um, I, I don't know. It wasn't that long ago. I don't keep track of it. Well, I do. And it's been several weeks since we made love. It hasn't been that long, but it had been that long. He had documented it on his calendar. Because I love my husband and I wanted him to feel loved, I made a commitment to have sex with him more often by putting it on my to-do list. I did follow through and we did have more sex. I was proud of myself. I felt like I was a great wife. Then one day, a few months later, my husband came to me again. Can we talk? Yeah. Colette, I really appreciate that we're making love more often. But what? 
but you you never initiate. It's always me pursuing you. It makes me feel like you don't really want me. <sighs> I really love my husband and I wanted him to feel loved. So I added another thing to my to-do list. Initiate sex. And I did. I initiated sex, and I felt like a good wife because I was going out of my comfort zone to show my husband that I loved him by initiating sex that I didn't really want. I assumed my husband was happy because I was being a good wife. And then, a few months later, my husband came to me again. Colette, yes... He was hesitant. Colette, I just want you to know that I really appreciate you. We've been having sex more, and you've been initiating it. And I don't see that look in your eyes. You don't see that look in my eyes. Yeah, that look you used to have before we got married, that look that said, I want you. Okay, that was the last straw. I just knew I was going to blow a gasket. This is ridiculous. Now I've got to be an actress? I've got to have that look in my eye? I give up. You're never going to be happy. I went storming out of the room. I was so mad. But then I thought about it, and I knew there was some truth to what he was saying. I didn't have that look in my eyes, that look I had before when when there was nothing I wanted more than to be with him, that look I had when I couldn't keep my hands off him. The reason I didn't have that look in my eyes now was because I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the sexual desire for him that he wanted me to feel. Now I felt pushed against the wall. What was I going to do? I was trying to be there for him and be what he needed me to be. But now he could see through me. He could see in my eyes that I didn't really want him. Not sexually. Those conversations were the first of many that followed. My husband and I had weekly arguments, and they were all on the topic of sex. I got to where I really resented sex, because it was the reason for all our unhappiness. I know that there is someone out there listening today that can relate to me. That's why I'm talking about this today. There's someone out there that feels like I did. If you are a woman struggling with low sexual desire, you are not alone. Research shows that up to two-thirds of women struggle with low sexual desire. You know, one thing that I've learned about sexual desire in women is that it often doesn't show up at the beginning of a relationship. There are most likely a lot of you women out there who were like me when I was dating before I got married. You have great sexual desire. You don't have any problem with sexual desire. Not yet. Because it doesn't usually show up until after you've settled into a long-term committed relationship and the problems of life start to creep in and life becomes challenging and mundane. So... Today, I want to talk about low sexual desire in women. What it feels like if you're a woman with low libido and what you can do about it. I also want to talk to you men who are married to a woman who has low libido and acknowledge what it feels like to be you. I want to expose the dilemma of what it's like to be a man who is starving for sexual connection with your beloved and what it's like to be your wife who loves you but has lost her appetite for sex. What do you do when you find yourself in this relationship? I'm sure you're asking, how did we get here? Well, for one thing, Mother Nature put you here. 
you and your opposite sex partner are counterparts of each other. You know that when you compare your genitalia. You are complete opposites. But that's not the only place you're polar opposites. You also come from opposite hormonal foundations that make your experience of sex different from each other. At this point, I want to take a break, but stay tuned because we're going to come right back and I'm going to talk to you about the differences in male and female hormones and how they make us so different in our sexual desire. Come right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Garino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to makingloveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Milan. Today, I'm talking to you about the differences in male and female sexual desire, and we are going to talk about the hormones that are responsible for that difference. Men typically have what we call an aggressive sex drive. Testosterone is their dominant hormone. It's testosterone that gives them their compelling, urgent drive for sex. Testosterone pushes men to pursue, dominate, and initiate sex. It makes them crave direct sexual contact, intercourse, and masturbation. Women, on the other hand, have a receptive sex drive, which is dependent on just the right balance of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. When that balance is thrown off, so is a woman's sex drive. Men have 20 to 80 times more testosterone than women have. In addition to that, testosterone is spiking into a man's bloodstream every 15 minutes. Nature is giving men a regular, consistent, potent dosing of testosterone that makes them constantly think about and want sex. 
I compare a man's sex drive to the sun. As you know, the sun is consistent and reliable. It comes up reliably every day and then moves down to the other side of the earth at night. The sun is always vibrant and strong. It is always a full orb shining brightly. Sometimes it can be covered by clouds, so we don't always see it as it is. But in reality, it is always there every day. A full, vibrant orb shining brightly. This is how a man's sexuality is. Women, on the other hand, have 20 to 80 times less testosterone than men do. For that reason, we don't have those same strong, compelling sexual urges that men have. Our sex drive is diluted and flimsy compared to a man's. In addition, our sex drive is not reliable and consistent like a man's is. We don't have a steady dose of hormones. Our hormones line up differently every day of the month. And whatever that lineup is determines how much sex drive we are going to have that day. We women are like the moon. We have a menstrual cycle that correlates with the moon. Typically, our hormonal cycles last 28 to 31 days, just like the moon. When you look at the moon throughout the month, you see that it changes. It does not stay a full moon throughout the month. It gradually changes from being a full moon to a three-quarter moon, a half moon, a quarter moon, a sliver of a moon, and a no moon. And then it gradually changes back to a quarter moon, half moon, and back to a full moon. It is always gradually shifting. Like I said before, our female sexual desire is dependent on the balance between estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Let me tell you briefly how estrogen influences female sexual desire. Estrogen is a wonderful hormone. It gives us women a sense of well-being. It makes us feel social and flirtatious. It gives us our softness and voluptuous curves. It gives us that feminine smell that draws men to us. It makes us feel sexy. And when it's at its optimal levels, it makes us welcome a man into our arms and makes us want to be penetrated. It would be great if estrogen were always our dominant hormone, but it's not always our dominant hormone. There is another hormone that comes into play every month. This hormone is progesterone. Progesterone is a tricky, contradictory hormone. It has a split personality. On one hand, it can make us feel nurturing, cuddly, and protective of our children. On the other hand, it makes us feel tired, tearful, and grouchy. It makes us experience our male partner as extremely irritating, especially when he comes on to us sexually, because progesterone inhibits our sex drive when it becomes the dominant hormone in our system. I want to tell you now how the fluctuating lineup between estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone affect our female sexual desire throughout the month. There are four weeks in the month. As far as our female sexual desire goes, I compare those four weeks to the four seasons in the year. I call the first week spring. The first week starts when we start our period and goes for approximately seven days. Like the earthly season of spring after the long season of slumbering winter, our sexual desire starts to wake up. We can feel small stirrings of sexual desire. Our estrogen is now starting to build, and as it builds, so does our sexual desire. We start to venture out socially and sexually. We feel fresh and new. Life is starting to feel good, 
and so is sex. The next week is summer. This is my favorite season. Life starts to feel really fun. Our estrogen builds to its highest point. Our hormones all line up for optimal sex drive. Our estrogen is the most dominant hormone, so we feel social, flirty, and very sexual. We feel inclined to wear more provocative clothing. Sex is easy. We wonder why we didn't like sex before. We find ourselves coming on to our lovers. We crave penetration. Orgasm comes easily and feels delicious. For a few days of this week, we are in the prime of our cycle, in full bloom to get pregnant, because we are going through ovulation. Progesterone is low, so it is not inhibiting our sex drive. Our testosterone, although it never gets as high as a man's, is also at its highest peak. This is our window during the month when all lights are green for sex. It's the time of the month that our male partners live for. It's when they can finally feel our libido throbbing for them. Make sure that you plan romantic dates for this time of the month. The next season is fall or autumn. I have mixed feelings about this season. The first of the season is nice, just like fall is on the earth with the colored leaves and the harvest. But it's also a melancholy time because we can feel the seasons changing. Winter is around the corner and we can feel it. We feel our sexual desire starting to decline. What's happening hormonally is that our estrogen is on its downward path and our progesterone is building up, working its way to being the dominant hormone. Remember, progesterone inhibits our sex drive. But in the fall, progesterone is not yet in its total fullness, so we still have a little sex drive hanging on. We are starting to feel some tiredness, depression, and irritability. We're starting to feel sad and maybe subconsciously grieving the loss of our rich sexual selves. The last season is winter. Earthly winter is really hard for me. It's miserable and hard to get around in the cold, the ice, and the snow of Utah. The skies are gray. It's hard to keep my spirits up. This is how it is in the female week of winter. Progesterone is now the most dominant hormone, and it is strongly inhibiting our sexual desire. Life feels bleak and miserable. We're exhausted, depressed, grouchy, and tearful. We can't make up our minds. We feel paranoid and anxious. Everything irritates us, especially our husbands. And the last thing we want is sex. Our sex drive is going down into hibernation. This is a time when you are at high risk for getting into arguments with your husband and everyone else. Towards the end of the last week, we go through what is known as PMS. That last day of our cycle, all our hormones plummet. Our estrogen is at its lowest. So we have no sense of well-being or desire to be social. Our progesterone is also plummeting, which may seem nice because it's not inhibiting our sex drive, but it also isn't giving us that desire to be cuddly and nurturing like it does sometimes. Our testosterone is also low, but compared to all the other hormones, it is the highest hormone. So a weird thing can happen that last day of our female cycle. Because of our testosterone weirdly being our highest hormone, some of us feel, forgive me for saying it in this way, but some of us feel horny. We have a weird combination of feeling horny and bitchy. But usually the bitchiness wins out and no one wants to be around us, so we can't take advantage of that horniness. Then on the next day, 
the cycle starts all over as we start our period. The snow of winter begins to melt. And with each new day of spring, we start feeling more like ourselves. We start to come out to our partners as we start to feel more social and flirty. Our partners are a little hesitant because of all the hell they went through with us in the winter when we pushed them away, but they get over it. As spring proceeds, so does our sexual desire. I hope I painted the picture so you can see how opposite men and women are in their hormonal foundations and their subsequent approach to sex. It feels like a miracle when male and female sexuality actually lines up in the winter, in the window of summer. Now I want to make a disclaimer here. I'm talking about typical female and male sexual desire, especially from the teen years until women go through perimenopause and men go through andropause. Men in their late 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond start declining in their sexual functioning due to their declining testosterone levels. In addition, not all men have high sex drive. There are some men who have low sexual desire, though that is not typical. We will be talking about male low sexual desire in one of our upcoming radio shows. And not all women go through their cycle exactly like I said. In fact, there are some women who are blessed with high sexual desire. But what I described to you is the typical for women and men in their childbearing years. We're going to take a break now. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about what you can do in spite of this crazy female hormonal cycle that we go through. So stay tuned. We'll be right back and you'll learn more about the differences between male and female sexuality. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're 
listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to makingloveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Milan. We've been talking about the differences between male and female sexual desire. And we've been talking about the crazy hormonal cycle that we as women go through. I think it helps to know why sexual desire is so hard for so many women. If you know about the female monthly hormonal fluctuations, then you can know what to expect. You can plan your life around it, and you can make the most of the female roller coaster you're taking, been taken on. I suggest that you women track your sexual desire throughout the month. Start with the first day of your period, and each day until the end of the month, write down a number between 0 and 10 that represents how much sexual desire you have that day. Zero means absolutely no sexual desire, and ten means the most sexual desire you could possibly have. I know it's hard to give a number to your sexual desire, but just do your best. Your sexual desire can fluctuate throughout the day. For instance, you may have pretty good sexual desire in the afternoon, but then in the evening it may seem to just go away. Write down the highest sexual desire score you felt that day. You probably should wait until bedtime to mark your score so that you can look back at the whole day and choose the number that was the highest for that day. You can have your paper sitting on your nightstand beside your, beside your bed with a pencil and all you have to do is mark a number on your paper that represents your highest sexual desire score for that day. It will only take a few seconds. If you faithfully mark your paper every night, by the end of the month, you'll be able to see your flow of sexual desire for the month at a glance. You'll see the days of the month that your sexual desire was the highest and when it was the lowest. If you track your sexual desire every day for several months, you'll be able to see a pattern of when your sexual desire is the highest and the lowest, and then you can plan your love life around the times that you predictably know from your tracking will be your highest desire and your best days to make love. If you email me at makingloveradio at gmail.com, I will send you a copy of a tracking sheet you can use. Make several copies of it so you can track your desire each month. Start your tracking on the first day of your period and then track it throughout the month. Go to the last day until you start your period and then when you start your period, start over with your tracking. If you are on birth control that makes you so you don't have periods, then just start tracking on the first day of the month and go to the end of the month. Then start a new tracking sheet on the first day of the next month. After tracking for several months, see if you can see a pattern in your sexual desire. You can also track other things like your mood, the quality of your relationship with your partner, how stressed you are, or how tired you are, to see how those things correlate with your sexual desire. Even if you're going through perimenopause or menopause, you can track your cycle and see if you can see any pattern. Just track it from the beginning of the month to the end of the month and then start over. If you have any problems or questions about this, email us at makingloveradio at gmail.com or call us at 801-334-7217 and we will walk you through how to track your cycle. Tracking my cycle, my sexual desire, was a godsend in my relationship with my husband. When I showed him my tracking sheet, he could see better what was going on with me. He could see that it wasn't going to literally be forever before I would feel sexual desire again. It helped him to be more understanding and patient with me. 
He could see the times that my sexual desire would be predictably the lowest and when it would be hopefully the highest. And on those days, we planned to make love. It made him feel more hopeful to see that there would be a time when my sexual desire would be good. Don't be discouraged if your sexual desire scores are mostly lows, zeros, one, twos, or threes. In our next show, I'll be talking to you about what you can do to increase your sexual desire in spite of the fact that you are a woman with an up and down and all around hormonal cycle. Because of their hormonal foundations, I would say that most men are sexually gifted. What I mean by that is sex comes easy for most men. They have constant sexual desire. They think about sex a lot. They can be aroused in a moment's notice and orgasm is easy and very pleasurable to most men. But some men see this nagging sex drive not as a gift, but as a curse especially when they are in a committed relationship with a low-drive woman. Most men tell me that making love to their beloved and having her want him is the most important thing in his life. It's very hard on a man when he approaches his wife for loving intimacy and he experiences continual rejection. Men typically have constant sexual desire for the woman they love. Their high levels of testosterone, again, 20 to 80 times more than a woman, make it so that they're always in the mood and ready for sex. But testosterone comes with the built-in negative side effect. While it makes men crave sex, it also makes them impatient, irritable, and testy when they don't get sex, especially after several days. For women who struggle to feel sexual desire, especially at the downtime of their month, this can be experienced as a lot of pressure. In order to make the man happy, she may have sex even though she's not in the mood. This makes her experience of sex a chore. Men under the influence of high levels of testosterone often get grouchy, sulky, withdrawing, and punishing when they've gone for what feels like a long, long time without sex. But this actually ends up repelling the woman they want to attract. Most women, because of their hormonal foundations, are not gifted sexually. Sex doesn't come easy to them. They're not always in the mood for sex, and sometimes it's hard for them to get sexually aroused, and orgasm can be hard to attain. For women, sexual desire is a talent they need to develop. Before I got married, I assumed that when I married the man I really loved, the sexual desire would just be there, like it was when I was dating. No one told me that sexual desire was a talent that I needed to develop. In fact, in my upbringing, it was just the opposite. I was taught not to be sexual before I got married and was told not to think about sex and especially not to touch and explore my body. I wish I would have known back then that my body was my instrument for making love with my husband-to-be and that it was important for me to explore it, know it, and be skilled at playing it so that I could come into lovemaking with my husband and enjoy it and want him even with my crazy hormonal fluctuations. Women have a lot going against them sexually. Next week, we'll be talking about more factors that impact female sexual desire. But one thing I want to tell you women now is that if you invest into developing the talent of the feeling authentic sexual desire, you will tap into your sexual potential and you may, like me, come to realize that your libido is actually more rich and more powerful than your male partners. 
Well, that's it for my part today. And do we have some time for questions? Yes, you do have time for questions. Okay. And I just want to apologize to everybody. I have gotten a lot of questions, and we haven't had time to answer questions until this segment. And I just want you to know that from here on out, um, we are going to make sure that we answer your questions. So I have one question that I'm going to start with, and how much time do we have? You have about eight minutes. Okay. So this question is from Deborah, and she asked, how does a woman who has been hurt so many times ever trust again? How does she learn to love after all the abuse? Over time, I have been used like a toy, fun to play with, and then put back on a shelf or torn apart and left broken. Dear Deborah, I'm really sorry for what you've been through because I can feel from your message that you have been really hurt. It's hard to trust again after you've been hurt so badly and for so many times. And to tell you the truth, I don't think you should try to trust others at this time. I think the one thing you need to focus on is being able to trust yourself. You are the only person you can control. You can hope that the man you give your heart to will be trustworthy and will love you and hold you precious, but you can't control whether or not he will. You can control what you do and whether you are trustworthy. I'm really wondering if you can trust yourself. Can you trust yourself that you will never allow yourself to be with someone who doesn't really value you? Can you trust that you will take your time to get to really know a man long enough to see how he really is before you put your life in his hands? Can you be alone for a while and learn to take good care of yourself Or do you have to be with a man in order to feel loved? Sometimes we need to face our fears of being alone by being alone and realizing we can live through it. If you can learn to actually be happy being alone, then you will be less desperate to jump into just any relationship to avoid loneliness. You'll be selective because you don't have to be with a man. You won't need to be with a man to be loved because you already are receiving that love from yourself. I hope that helps, Deborah. I have another question here. Um, It says, Dear Colette, I read your article about women's low sex drive. By the way, just want to tell anybody listening that on my website, I do have some articles. And also, if you get on yourtango.com, it's an internet relationship magazine, you can see some of the articles I've written. Anyway, this reader said, I read your article about women's low sex drive. It was helpful for me to read it. Actually, I need some help. My wife is having low sex drive. Four years after we got married, we had our son, who is now three years old. Soon after his birth, my wife lost her sex drive. Could you give us any suggestions for coming out of this situation? I can't pronounce your name, but it starts with a B, so I'm just going to say, Dear B, um, there are lots of things that might be impacting your wife's sexual desire. For one thing, in case, for one thing, after a woman has had a baby, um, her hormones all really shift. And also, after a woman has had a child and is nursing, when you nurse, you have a hormone called prolactin that inhibits sex drive. But because your son is three years old, I'm assuming that she's not still going through that phase. But motherhood is a 24-7 commitment. A lot of times women are so busy being there for their children and for their husband that they have no time for self-replenishment. And after being there for everyone else, 
it feels like I just can't be there for another person. And when it comes to comparing between her helpless little baby who needs her and the big you that can take care of yourself, most of the time she's going to choose her little baby. Um, And also, when a woman um, has a child, there's something that happens. I know for me, I really really changed after I had a child. It was like a mantle of anxiety just came and put itself on my shoulders and stayed with me for the rest of my life. I was always worried about my children. And that anxiety really had a negative impact on my sexual desire. Also, when a woman is going through this anxiety that is um, inhibiting her sexual desire, other things, negative associations to sex can come up that might not have come up when you were feeling more sexual desire. Also, if you, like I was talking about in our show today, if you feel grouchy and you get kind of punishing and withdrawing and resentful when you don't get sex, and she feels that pressure, she will feel like sex is a chore, and she'll also turn off wanting to have sex with you. So keep listening, because in the next show, we're going to talk about these things that that affect female sexual desire, especially after you've had children. And I'll tell you what you can do about that and what your wife can do about that so that she can revive her sexual desire. How much more time? You're good to end. Okay. Well, it looks like we're going to have to end because we've run out of time. I do have more questions, and I'm going to answer those in our next session. So if you had a question, please stay, please tune in to our next show so that you can hear the answer to your question. Next week, we're going to talk more about libido, what it really is, what factors impact it, and how we can increase it. We're going to talk about what factors turn on your libido and what factors turn it off. We welcome your calls and questions to this next show, so seriously consider calling in. What would be even better is if you could email us your questions at makingloveradio at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our website at www.sextherapy.com, where you can listen to any of our radio shows at your convenience. On our website, you can also find out more about me and my husband, Dr. Mark Malin, and the work we do to help couples have a better love life. Again, our website is www.sextherapyutah.com. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Till we meet again, have a great weekend, and remember, making love really does make more love in a relationship. And real love is essential to great sex. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to join your host, Colette Milan, for another edition of Making Love next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great weekend. And remember these two things. Lovemaking really will make more love in your relationship. And real love is essential to good sex. 